the people of Israel prepare to enter the land of Canaan, as God gives instructions to drive out the inhabitants and destroy their false gods. On The Bible Brief. Want more Bible learning content like this? Sign up for our newsletter and follow us on social media. Links are in the show notes to this episode. Moses may look old, but he doesn't feel old. He doesn't feel like he's about to die. His vision hasn't failed and his body maintains its vigor. He feels like he could go on for years, but he won't. He won't because there's a border that he can't go over. A river he can see, but can't cross. The Jordan River marks the edge of the land, long ago promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The land that has been the great destination of this wandering nation. The great hope that had sustained them through their years in Egypt. Their forefather Joseph had said this long ago to all his brothers sojourning in Egypt. Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will surely take care of you and bring you up from this land to the land which he promised on oath to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. It was in that hope that Moses had lived ever since he'd led the people out of Egypt 40 years ago. But it was a hope that he became disqualified for. He was among the last of a generation that had rebelled against God. And while they rebelled by refusing to enter the promised land, Moses rebelled by disobeying God at Meribah. There would be only two from that generation who would enter the land of Canaan, Caleb and Joshua, the two spies who had entered the land and brought back a good report to the congregation. God would allow them to enter, but no one else from the older generation. Joshua, though, would be allowed to do more than merely enter the land. Joshua would lead the people in the place of Moses. The Lord had told Moses that he would not be able to enter, and Moses prayed for the people, as was his practice. We read this in Numbers 27, starting in verse 15. Moses spoke to the Lord, saying, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, appoint a man over the congregation, who shall go out before them and come in before them, who shall lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be as sheep that have no shepherd. So the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand on him. Make him stand before Eleazar the priest and all the congregation, and you shall commission him in their sight. And you shall invest him with some of your authority, that all the congregation of the people of Israel may obey. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua and made him stand before Eleazar the priest and the whole congregation. And he laid his hands on him and commissioned him as the Lord directed through Moses. Despite Moses' physical state, with clear vision and able body, he was soon to die in the wilderness overlooking the land of Canaan. Joshua, his assistant, and the leader of many battles through their wanderings, would be the new leader of Israel. But before Moses dies, many groups of the people come to him for final requests and judgments. Three of the many groups who come to him are people from three of the twelve tribes of Israel, the tribes Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh. And they come with a request that horrifies Moses. We read this in Numbers 32. Now the people of Reuben and the people of Gad had a very great number of livestock, 
And they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead. And behold, the place was a place for livestock. So the people of Gad and the people of Reuben came and said to Moses and to Eleazar the priest and to the chiefs of the congregation, If we have found favor in your sight, let this land be given to your servants for a possession. Do not take us across the Jordan River. The people of Reuben, Gad, and as we find out in a later passage, Manasseh, have decided that they like the areas around where they have been encamped. They see that it's good land for livestock, and they figure that since the people around here have been defeated, why not just settle down here? But Moses' mind can't help but immediately go back to the rebellion at Kadesh nearly 40 years prior. Moses said to the people of Gad and to the people of Reuben, Shall your brothers go to war in the land while you sit here? Why will you discourage the heart of the people of Israel from going over into the land that the Lord has given them? Your fathers did this when I sent them from Kadesh to see the land. For if you turn away from following the Lord, He will again abandon them in the wilderness, and you will destroy all this people. Moses thinks that they may be repeating history, just with a change of location. He has a swift and severe reaction. He begins asking a bunch of loaded questions about discouraging the people like the prior generation had done. And he warns them of the Lord's anger that may come from their request to remain outside of the land. But these people from Reuben and Gad begin to form a plan to see if Moses will go along with it. They came near to him and said, We will build sheepfolds here for our livestock and cities for our little ones. But we will take up arms, ready to go before the people of Israel, until we have brought them to their place in the land of Canaan. We will not return to our homes until each of the people of Israel has gained his tribal inheritance. For we will not inherit with them on the other side of the Jordan and beyond, because our inheritance has come to us on this side of the Jordan, to the east." The people of Reuben and Gad propose this. First, they will build fortifications for their families and livestock. Next, the men will rejoin the other tribes of Israel for their battles to take the land of Canaan from its inhabitants. And finally, they will return to their lands outside of Canaan, foregoing any land that would have gone to their tribes in the promised land. They simply want the land they've been dwelling in, instead of an inheritance in Canaan. But they promise that they will fight for the land, alongside the rest of Israel. So Moses said to them, If you will do this, if you will take up arms to go before the Lord for the war, and every armed man of you will pass over the Jordan before the Lord, until he has driven out his enemies from before him, and the land is subdued before the Lord, then after that you shall return and be free of obligation to the Lord and to Israel, and this land shall be your possession before the Lord. But if you will not do so, behold, You have sinned against the Lord, and be sure that your sin will find you out. Build cities for your little ones, and folds for your sheep, and do what you have promised. And the people of Gad and the people of Reuben said to Moses, Your servants will do as my Lord commands. The deal has been struck. Reuben, Gad, and part of Manasseh will get property outside of Canaan, but they must fight alongside Israel until the land has been effectively conquered. Don't forget this deal, and don't forget that Israel's territory will be split by the Jordan River. This becomes especially important in a conflict to come. But not before conflict with the people dwelling in the land of Canaan. Soon, 
Yahweh speaks to Moses and tells him to give a command to the people of Israel concerning the land that they are about to enter. He says this in chapter 33, starting in verse 51. Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When you pass over the Jordan River into the land of Canaan, then you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you, and destroy all their figured stones, and destroy all their metal images, and demolish all their high places. And you shall take possession of the land and settle in it, for I have given you the land to possess it. You shall inherit the land by lot, according to your clans. To a large tribe you shall give a large inheritance, and to a small tribe you shall give a small inheritance. Wherever the lot falls for anyone, that shall be his. According to the tribes of your fathers you shall inherit. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then those of them whom you let remain shall be as barbs in your eyes and thorns in your sides, and they shall trouble you in the land where you dwell. And I will do to you as I thought to do to them. Note here the command and the warning. God says that the Israelites should drive out all the inhabitants of Canaan from before them, and that they should destroy all traces of the pagan worship of the people there. But he says to take care and drive out the people completely, because if any are allowed to stay, they will cause trouble for Israel, trouble that may result in God's judgment on Israel. Here God also gives instructions on how the land is to be divvied up. It's going to be by lot and by population. That is, the area given to each tribe will be decided by apparent chance, but the territory will match the size of the tribe, whether a small or large population. We find out later, however, that there will be two tribes with special territories. First is Manasseh. As they requested earlier, Manasseh was to have territory outside of Canaan alongside Reuben and Gad. Yet we come to find out that some of the tribe apparently wanted land inside of Canaan too. So Manasseh as a tribe is split from a land perspective. A half-tribe inherits property in the land of Canaan, and a half-tribe inherits land outside of Canaan. Often readers of the Bible are confused when they read about the half-tribe of Manasseh, and knowing how the land is split up here can help you read the Bible with more clarity. Now the second tribe with a special inheritance is the tribe of Levi, the tribe responsible for caring for the tabernacle tent. Instead of receiving a tribal territory, the tribe of Levi would be given cities inside each of the territories of the other tribes. They would have no dedicated territory like all the others. Land has been the hope of the nation ever since Abraham walked into Canaan from Ur of the Chaldeans. This land, the land of Canaan that they see across the Jordan River, has been promised to them for over 400 years. Israel had been a people without a land, and now they were so close to it that they could taste it. The plans have been made. The instructions for conquering have been given by God, and the people are preparing for the war of their lives. But before Moses dies here in the wilderness, he has one final speech to give to the people of Israel. A speech for the ages. Join us next time as Moses gives his farewell speech to the people of Israel. A long speech including a great promise. The promise of a prophet like Moses. A prophet with God's words in his mouth. 
The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2023.